Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And the telephone number here, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Pleased to tell you that the fine folks from Powderhorn Guns and Archery are on board with us. Jordan and Brian have stopped by, brought in some great things for show and tell. We'll talk about those in a few minutes. But a lot of people have Liberty Safes. <laughs> a lot of people with Liberty Safes are not happy they have them now. Uh, so we're going to kick that around with Jordan and, and uh, uh, Brian. Jordan, it, it, do you have a Liberty Safe? No, sir. I have a Browning Pro Steel. <laughs> like an adult. <laughs> like an adult. <laughs> uh, you want to explain to folks what's going on with these uh, Liberty Safes? I mean, this is really, in the gun community, this is really kicking up a poop storm. Yeah, I just actually just heard about that uh, not not too long ago. So uh, maybe someone else can can even speak to it better than I. But uh, they, they seem to be cooperating with the government about uh, helping them get into people's uh, without without a warrant. He uh, yeah, that's, just a request. You know, that's sounds familiar, doesn't it? It uh, sounds scary <laughs> to me. So being able to get into their safes without. Uh, I guess without the uh, warrant or the, the owner's consent does sound like a, a very strange thing. Yeah, the January 6th, uh, those people, uh, they were, if they had Liberty Safes, they were vulnerable. <laughs> uh, by the way, I saw a video about how to change the, the lock so that they don't have the master code. For those of you who don't know, apparently you get a, a, a start code, which is usually something like 0123 or some silly number like that. And then you enter your own code, and there's a backdoor code, a master code, and all you, uh, you know, all Liberty Safe has to do is give you the backdoor code. Uh, it's it's not a very tricky thing to figure out if if you have reason to get it. Uh, and apparently, the government didn't give them much reason to give it. They just asked for it, and Liberty Safe said, "Oh, okay." Uh, giving them, uh, giving the government access to these safes. Uh, it, it, I don't know, uh, Brian. It, it's a little scary to know that they're so willing to give up our uh, private information. Well, it's it's terrifying. Is <clears throat> I am a Liberty Safe owner, and I'm first appalled that there is a backdoor in the very first place to any of their products. Uh, I, the last thing I want is to have my safe where a Liberty employee can just open it up without knowing my passcode, uh, regardless of the government having information. And then, then to add insult to injury, if they give that information to the government where now any government official can have access to my safe, that's that's absolutely absurd. Uh, it's ridiculous, and uh, I will be taking whatever steps are necessary to block that out. If that means welding a hasp and putting a padlock on it, that's what it means. Well, I understand there's like a serial number or something that they can, they get the serial number on the safe, then they can get the backdoor code. That there are several different backdoor codes. And based on the video that I saw, you can buy uh, another lock that doesn't match the serial number. And that would, that would uh, uh, enable you to not have to weld a hasp on your, on your lock, on your safe. That yeah. is so frustrating. Those electronic locks actually go out. Uh, we use them in the stores, not Liberties, but we use them in the stores. And uh, those, since we, <clears throat> in the stores, we obviously use them, open and close them a hundred times a day, so they get used a lot. And we have to replace those. So for about 120 bucks, you can buy uh, one of those electronic locks uh, online and just replace it. Um, it's pretty easy to do, and that's kind of the scarier part because 
I can take that off and swap that on any safe I want with my code. <laughs> Ooh, I hadn't yeah, thought about it's that. It's not hard to do. It takes about it takes about two hours the first time you swap one, maybe three, but then you get better at it as you go along. But on you just swapping them. You don't have to be in the safe to swap it. No. Now, do you have a backup manual key that you can use to open it when it? No. So if you're safe, if the battery dies on that keypad and your safe oh. is locked, you can so, remove the lock, yep. wire in a new one, and open the safe. Yeah. I mean, our batteries, the ones we use, obviously, the batteries are on external. They're, they're on the outside. The whole keypad and everything's uh, contained. And it takes a little bit of work to get those things off the first couple of times. It's not a straightforward process, but after you figure it out, it's not too bad. But on the safes that we happen to use in our store, several of them, um, yeah, you, you can take off externally, take off the, the pad. You, you've got to put some wires back together, um, snip them all back together, and then you can turn it back on and use, utilize the new pad. Well, the point of the safe isn't <laughs> isn't to make it absolutely impossible to steal. It's yeah. to slow them down. Yeah, slow them down. Because most, and, and this is from a guy who was in the security industry for years, burglars are in and out of your house in a matter of minutes. They don't have time to play games to open up the safe. Yeah. So if they can be delayed by 20 minutes, 15 minutes, good to go. That's a win. Yeah, that, that's a win. Uh, and, 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 and Jordan, you'd know that yourself, have, being in uh, former law enforcement. Um, yeah. That, and and here's another myth: uh, people think they get burglarized at night. That doesn't happen that way. Uh, what generally happens is when the kids are off to school and everybody's off to work during the day. Is yeah. uh, it's, it's when they uh, burglarize your house. Yeah, because you're more used to seeing people move around neighborhoods and stuff at the day, so less people think something of it, and we know that most people are at work. So, yeah, e easier time to break in, and usually whoever breaks in knows something about you and, and what's going on. A little tip here. If you've got shrubs, like you've got a windows across the front of your house, and you've got shrubs that are uh, really tall so that you can, uh, so that people can't see in, trim those shrubs uh, because that's very often where a burglar will hide to break the window to get into the house. Uh, he has the shrubs to keep him from being seen on the street. Uh, you want those, you want to be able to see those windows from the street. Good tip. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, an alarm system. It's a great idea. Uh, definitely you want a sign in your yard. It says you've got a security system or on your house. Uh, those are all great ways to help slow down, if not prevent, uh, a burglary. And, and the way the bad guys get guns generally is to steal them. So yeah. don't leave them in your car. Don't, you know, uh, it, it do go out of your way to lock them up in your house. Just some ideas. But anyway, uh, there's more. There's more to this Liberty Safe story than uh, most people know. And when we come back, uh, I will tell you what Bearing Arms has uncovered. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Welcome, glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Jordan and Brian are in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. We're talking about this Liberty Safe brouhaha, and there is more to it than there. Apparent willingness to just give up the backdoor code to your safe. Apparently, they have been giving to Democrats. Liberty Safe was sold to a, a company called uh, Menominee Capital Partners in 2021. 
they are a liberal East Coast investment firm. And according to their FEC reports, they approximately gave $400,000 over the last 10 cycles of max donations to Democrats like Raphael Warnock in Georgia, George uh, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, uh, Barnes in Wisconsin, and Kelly in Arizona. Liberty Safe's current CEO was a founding partner in Menominee uh, and, and donated $4,600 to Obama for America. The hits just keep on coming, don't they? So we have uh, some really good deals right now on Browning Pro Steel safes. <laughs> <laughs> you are an opportunist if ever there was one. Uh, Browning safes, I I need to get a larger safe because Gwen is, well, <laughs> she's she keeps getting new firearms, and my little safe is jam packed. So if you've got a you've got Browning safes, give yeah. me some details. What uh, what oh. sizes are they? Oh man, from from huge to little. So I think the smallest ones are in the twenty seven to thirty inches wide. You know, made for the people that don't have very many guns or are like apartments. Yeah, that won't they call that, that that won't do. Gwen yeah. could fill that by herself. <laughs> well, then maybe you have a his and her safe or one for each day of the week. Um, so you got the small ones, and then the big ones go out to like 84 inches wide by six and a half feet tall. We've got one of those in one of our stores, and it's, I mean, it's a giant. It's a thousand, weighs a thousand pounds empty, and it holds, oh my gosh, it, it holds, I think, 85 long guns plus all the handguns. Um, Browning's one of the companies that, that does a really good job with their saves. They're made by Pro Steel, uh, cutouts in the doors. Um, on the interior of the doors really help with rifle storage with the big scopes that we have these days because um, that becomes a problem storing those in your safe if you have a bunch of that. Um, and then they make ones that just have handgun shelves. I mean, completely full of handgun shelves. You could put 400 handguns in there. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy what they offer. And then everything in between. The most common is a 42 gun is a, probably the most common one we sell. And I think it's like 42 inches wide and about five feet tall, holds about... 20 to 40 uh, guns, depending on what you've got and how many scopes and things like that you've got. I've got a couple of those at my house, and uh, those are the those are the most common. So they make everything that, that Liberty does. Um, they just... Uh, don't I, give I don't, out the codes? That they as far as I know, they don't give out the codes. Um, and you can, you can still get the old-fashioned ones without the electronic locks on it. Um, if, yeah, that, that's a whole lot of fun to do every time, but uh, if, you're, if you're worried about stuff like that, you can still get the, the, the old dial codes and I don't think there's anything they can do about that. Which one do you prefer? I, I know that the the digital ones are easier to operate. Yep. Uh, because I had one of those with the rotating knob thing, and and I had to keep the manual <laughs> where I could find it so I could go because it was it was way more complex than the school <laughs> lock that I had when I was in high school. Yeah, they feel more secure, but like you said, they're just. They're hard to get into sometimes, and if you don't do it every day, it's easy to forget. And most of our home safes, we don't get into all the time. Um, you know, I, I'm probably only in mine, gosh, once every few weeks, maybe, uh, during the summer, especially if I'm shooting a lot, maybe it's once a week. But uh, there's times of the year I probably don't open it for a month, month and a half with all my stored guns. Uh, that's the big safe, my little safe that keep my... Uh, my, my usable sidearms I use every day, and that's a, that's a different guy. Uh, but uh, that big one, I go a month without getting into it. 
So you know, there's no way you're going to memorize no. the code <laughs> when you use it that rarely. I barely remember the digital code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. So uh, I wonder if there's an aftermarket for those, uh, you know, or not a, uh, an aftermarket, but a resale market for used uh, gun safes. Oh yeah, yeah, those are big. We've sold those in the uh, uh, in the the pawn shops before. Um, that's that's a big thing. You see them on Facebook, and they don't lose their value very much. So yeah, that's a that's a big big. Uh, Big market. You just don't see them very often, so they go really fast when you do see a used one. All right, so edification for people who don't know, in addition to Powderhorn Guns and Archery, Family Pawn, uh, and, and that's uh, Brian's uh, milieu. That's where he's usually hanging out. Am I right? Absolutely. Jordan and I both really uh, spend most of our time in the Family Pawn stores, and, and I'm really glad that you brought this up because we have a brand new store in Columbia that uh, been wanting to talk about and and make people more aware of <clears throat> down on the south side of town off of South Providence. Brand new, just opened up maybe three weeks ago. Beautiful store. Well, let's get into some details on that in just a minute. Let me get John on. I think he's a locksmith, uh, and he's on the line. If you've got questions or uh, comments, 800-529-5572, or go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. It will pop up in studio. John, what's on your mind? Hey, Gary. Thanks for the call. I just, uh, you guys are talking about the Liberty Safe thing, and I thought, hey, if anybody had any questions about, you know, how those locks work and uh, the backdoor codes, that kind of stuff, that's stuff we do deal with at a regular basis. All right, and, so I had seen this video that said you could change the lock out and then Liberty Safe wouldn't know what the backdoor code is. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, so... It's not just Liberty. All the safe manufacturers, I should say the safe lock manufacturers, Liberty doesn't make their own locks. They use somebody else's lock, usually uh, the brand Securam or S&G. They're two of the largest ones. And most all of those manufacturers have the ability to have a master reset code built into the lock. Usually that has to be done at the time the lock is installed, or some of them you lose the ability to set that once you've set the reset the main user code. Uh, sometimes you can add them back in later. Each one's different. But, yes, if you buy your own lock and you put that on there, then you're in 100% control over what happens there. And someone, uh, a locksmith like yourself, you would have access to those uh, locks. and Yeah. And mm -hmm. do, do, is it something that... I could do, or do I have to call? Is it so complex I'd have to call you in or, or maybe bribe uh, Jordan to come over to my house? <laughs> it's not that difficult. Um, now, there is some additional, uh, we'll call some relock functionality that's built into the safe sometimes. So uh, a lot of burglars will pull the keypad off the door, stick a rod or a drill bit or something in there, and think they're going to knock the lock off the back of the door and open it up. Um, if the back of the lock comes loose, uh, it triggers usually a external relocker, which is like a one-inch steel pin that drops in behind the bolt work, and you just made the safe locked up even tighter if you do that. So if you don't get that set back right, if you replace the lock and that doesn't get put back on the right way, uh, there is a potential that the safe gets locked up, uh, and then you're going to have to have it drilled open, um, which is something nobody wants to have to do. But, you know, it's... Um, but yes, it is definitely, it's four screws on the inside usually, uh, a couple of screws on the outside, and just making sure your wires get ran through properly. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate the tip. You guys have any questions? I, I think the business is going to be booming for this gentleman because uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be giving a call, so I need to get a number. <laughs> um, all right. Here's what I'll do now. Normally, you have to pay a lot of money to advertise on the program. <laughs> 
But uh, for the sake of firearms owners with Liberty Safes, John, where is your co- who is your co- what what company? What is this? <laughs> I'm Lloyd's Lock Company out of Mexico, Missouri. Lloyd's Lock out of Mexico. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, a lot of people are going to be <laughs> jotting that down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say too, Gary. Um, so the whole idea with the backdoor code with Liberty—that is something that I've utilized in the past for clients that have forgot their combinations. Every year in November, we start getting calls because people don't get their deer rifles out till week two before season starts. And so I'll call up. Now, I am a, a vendor with Liberty. I don't sell Liberty safes, but they use me for warranty calls and service calls. So I'm in their system. So for me, it's relatively easy to provide the information. They'll then give me that reset code that allows me to get the client in the safe without a drill. Uh, so it's quite a bit cheaper. Um, Liberty also for the dial combinations, and I will say this, there's no back door for the dial. So if you like the old school mechanical, uh, batteries never go dead. The locks don't break near as often uh, if they're serviced and, and taken care of, um, but um, there's no back door on that. Now, Liberty does give you the option. They'll store your combination if you want them to, but that's up to you on that end. All right. Some good information, John. Thank and you. All manufacturers have the back door, just so you know. Yeah, but do they all give them out willy-nilly, <laughs> or do you have to show Right. Up? Exactly. I will say there's some that are harder for me to get that information from than others. You know, if if the owner uh, that that uh, purchased the safe wants to get into it or or wants you to get into it, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I if agree. If the government wants to get into it and they go, you know, just ask, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a problem. <laughs> yeah, that is. John, thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. That that is a, a major major problem. I. Um, I'm going to seriously look into uh, a, a, a different, uh, a, a larger gun safe, uh, and it's good to know that uh, you've got some there at Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Do you deliver them, or how do they get delivered? Because those things are big and very heavy. Well, you just pick it up and move it, Gary. Well, I can do that, but I know not, you every, can. not everybody can. <laughs> so, no, we, we, don't, we don't deliver. We do help a lot of people just load them, which I'd say most people still just want them in their trailer or pickup truck. Um, the bigger ones... There is a company in town that will do it that's uh, hooked up with Dungarees, um, which is downtown. And uh, they, they have a, a couple guys that will do it. It takes a little while to get on their list. Um, and I don't remember. I feel like the what, two, two men in a truck or whatever that's called, I feel like they will do some of that too and just move the bigger stuff. But there, there's several people that will do it for you, which I highly recommend. Anything, anytime you get over 600 pounds, unless you've got machinery to do it or you're just going into you know a, a, a garage-level room or something like that, I, I highly recommend the two hundred dollars to three hundred dollars to to pay someone to to move that thing for you, so you don't kill yourself. And their safe moving equipment is is really really good. They can move them so efficiently and so easily that it, it's definitely definitely worth the investment to have a safe moving company move them. Yeah, yeah. I had the combination thing, and I literally would. I took the owner's manual that had the master code and and all the directions on how to do it. Put it in the breast pocket of a suit jacket and <laughs> left it in the closet so that nobody could find it. Perfect. All right. It's Gary on Guns. We'll take your calls, but we've got a lot more ground to cover on Gary on Guns. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. Potterhorn Guns and Archery on board. Jordan and Brian are with us. We were, if you just turned the radio on, talking about Liberty Safes. And uh, we got a call here. If you've got a call or uh, do you want to make a comment, or uh, you could just send me a message at GaryNolan.com. Or you can call 800-529-5572. Rodney is on the line right now. Rodney, welcome. Good morning. 
Uh, I want y'all's opinion on this. I have four gun safes, and I have all four of them set to the same combination so that I don't have to remember <laughs> which, Smart which safe is what combination. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Oh, man. That's probably a 50-50. Uh, it, it would probably, the people that say it's a bad idea would be a bad idea if someone else knows your combo and they decide to, to do something to you. But they still have to figure uh, that only, combo the, out. So The only people that know my combination are my daughters. Yep. So I, I don't see why it is. I, I understand why you'd want a different code. Oh, well, maybe they, they're not going to crack a code to get into your safe. That's not how unknown people are going to do it. So I, I think that's smart because losing the code is way more common than getting broken into. Yeah, uh, and on top of that, if I'm if I'm breaking into your safe, if I manage to find by miracle the right code, when I get to the next safe, I think, well, nobody would use the same code. <laughs> nobody nobody's that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So it might just work out better for you. Uh, I don't I don't see a problem with it. I don't think these guys do either. Rodney, thank you. <laughs> Take care. Glad to have you on, uh, Gary on Guns. All right, so Powderhorn Guns and Archery, uh, and uh, and of course, uh, Liberty, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, you can do it. I believe in you. I'm I'm glad you have that faith in me. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, where's the new pawn shop again? Tell us where it's at. <laughs> it's on the south side of town on South Providence, 4115 South Providence. And uh, most people will recognize that address as being right next door to Angelo's Pizza and Steakhouse. <clears throat> So it's a nice long brick building uh, on the right-hand side of the, the little outer road there off of South Providence. You can't miss it. Huge American flag that Angelo's proudly flies right overhead. You see that great big American flag? We are right at the base of that flagpole. Uh, beautiful store. It's, it's freshly equipped. We've got a pretty good inventory already established in there. And uh, we've been open for three weeks. Didn't expect a whole lot, but so far the the response from the public has just been great. Uh, our daily uh, traffic count is just climbing, 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 climbing. We're seeing uh, seeing really, really good feedback uh, from the customers who stopped in. I've seen some repeat business, and uh, man, I'm I'm really excited for for that store and and the future of of you know our company on the south side of town, which has been vastly underserved for a long time i'm really glad that we're there any rumor to a new fire uh, indoor shooting range opening up sometime soon there is it's it's in the works and uh we have the property established uh bought the property a couple years ago uh and very very specifically had to find a particular zoned property uh, we were able to secure that uh the plans are drawn the whole thing is kind of, um, it, it's ready to go. It's ready to go, and it will be an absolutely remarkable facility. But I put the brakes on it. Uh, I kind of kiboshed it for right now. Um, interest rates being what they are is a big driving uh, influence on my decision. Uh, and also, I've seen an awful lot of places that are really struggling. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, with some of these new developments. And there's a big development on the south end of, of Columbia. It's kind of an Ashland property that there's just been just so many roadblocks put in this gentleman's way on building this beautiful, awesome project. Um, it, 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 is, it has taken some of the wind from my sails. It uh, doesn't mean that I won't do it, but I'm probably not going to do it until the climate improves a little bit. 
<sighs> Global warming gets in the way again, Brian. Uh, yep, I. That's you nailed it. <laughs> All right. There is um, an old saying that a, a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. <laughs> I love this story uh, because it is uh, a story of a defund the police Democrat who was proudly saying in Minneapolis, oh, we, we got to defund the police. They're terrible. They're evil. Well, she had a rude awakening. By the way, she was also uh, the chairwoman of the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. When I hear Labor Party right away, I think socialist. But anyway, uh, she she's way left. And apparently somebody decided they wanted to steal her car and they beat the snot out of her. And and they subsequently did steal the car. And what do you think she wants now? She wants tough law enforcement. Ms. Defund the Police has just been mugged and is calling f- for, you know, law enforcement to come to the rescue. Wonder if she even considered the possibility that she could need the police one day when she was screaming, defund them. And I don't wish anybody any ill will. I did, I'm sad that, that she had to learn her lesson this way. But boy, if anybody deserved it. Is that wrong? Should I not have said that? I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you're screaming, defund the police. And then when you get mugged, you start screaming for the police. How stupid is that? Did you Incredibly. Say, did you say Democrat, sir? Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious. We're just going to lay down the groundwork here. Yeah, she is a Democrat and a member of uh, some farm labor. you got to cut them a little slack. I mean, they're just a little slow on the take-up sometimes. It just might be an ex- example if you don't know what, what you've got until it's gone. Um, it, it sounds, for those people on that, that side of the fence, it sounds great to say defund the police. It'll solve all of our problems. But it doesn't. It, it creates a whole myriad of new ones. Uh, the last thing that we should be doing is defunding the police. We should be getting behind the police and and expanding our law enforcement opportunities and hiring new people and putting more uh, cops out on the street. Uh, that's what we need to do, uh, just the opposite of defund the police. So yeah. I'm glad that she saw the light. Yeah, uh, it's it's sad that, you know, all the people listening to her uh, had to run the risk of getting mugged themselves. Uh, but when she finally got mugged, wow, there's the rude awakening. There's the call for more law enforcement. Jeez. Some some people, some mother's kids. A lot of demand out there for firearms, and it doesn't seem to be abating. There's a story at thetruthaboutguns.com. Another month, 49 consecutive to be exact, with one million or more guns sold in August. Despite the Biden administration's ongoing war on guns, Americans uh, have uh, exactly zero inclination to curb their desire to purchase firearms for every lawful purpose from hunting, plinking, and competition to personal and home defense. They just, they're not being scared off. In fact, I have a theory, and I'll run this by you guys. But I think every time the left come out with some anti-gun proposal, that spurs people 
to go out and buy guns before the proposal can be enacted, just in case. Is there a correlation, Jordan? Are you seeing that I, anywhere? I think so. I mean, it's one of the, yes. So for, for some of your population, that 100% breeds them every time uh, Mr. Biden opens his mouth or, or one of those other uh, uh, wonderful people say something, uh, it leads to people coming in and buying stuff. Um, I think our biggest jump is still the amount of new owners we had when things went awry in 2020 and 2021. Um, and the crime rates now in the big cities is really something you hear about all the time. And that's still driving people um, uh, to, to come in and still purchase more things. And their defund the police led to more private citizens with firearms than ever before. Um, and all of those little things just keep adding. Um, and then the industry's changed. The industry is now bringing out stuff all the time. Uh, you know, used to be, how often did you get a new Glock? You know, a new model came out. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was uh, never, never was the answer. Um, you know, they, they'd have a model line for 15, 20 years, and, and then, okay, then maybe they'd bring out something new. Um, and now the manufacturers are bringing out new models um, yearly, um, if not several times a year. So you're seeing a lot more options and new stuff that's coming around. So new things to try, new things to own, uh, new things to play around with. So I think all of those things have culminated to make it where people are purchasing uh, and selling firearms at a, as an accelerated rate versus 10 years ago. When people are coming in to purchase firearms, what is the ratio, roughly, uh, of people who are buying them for self-protection versus plinking or hunting? Man, that's hard to completely gauge. Um, but I would say the concealable firearms that we would most normally think of were being used for protection. That's probably 70 to 75% of the, the number of firearms sold in the stores. It's mostly those type of guns. And we'll ask uh, if, they, if, if they don't know what they want. Usually I don't want to pry. If they come in and say, I want a Glock 17, perfect. Let me get you a Glock 17. Um, if they come in and they're kind of hem-hawing and asking questions about the different things, I'll ask, you know, do you plan on carrying it or is it just going to be taking it to the range and having a good time? Because that can, you know, different firearms can fit those needs better uh, if you're just going to do one or the other. But uh, I would say I feel like around 75% of those firearms sold are going to be a quote-unquote protective firearm. All right, let me go to the phones on the uh, Democrat that finally woke up to needing law enforcement after she got mugged, a carjacked, if you will. Michael is on the line. Michael, good, welcome. Good morning, sir. Love your show and during the week also. Thank you. Last, last night reading the article, something I picked up on when she reported that, she mentioned how many people, she mentioned that they were all male, but never mentioned skin color. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, I didn't care. I really, I didn't care. I, all I care about is defunding the police is a stupid idea, and she had to wait oh, till I she agree. got mugged to wake up to that. All right, Michael, All right, thank you uh, for the call. I appreciate it. I'm up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. But when we come back, what's the difference between a rifle and an assault weapon? Oh well, apparently, there's one Democrat in Virginia that knows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain we it. Yeah, we'll do that next. I'm Gary on Guns. It's Gary on Guns. Glad to have you with us. It's Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board with us. 
Jordan and Brian are in studio here, and they have brought in some great firearms. We will do show and tell in just a few minutes. But we're going to start off with the age-old question of what's an assault weapon. I would argue anything I use to assault you with, that becomes an assault weapon. But people on the left seem to think there's a difference between semi-automatic rifles and semi-automatic <laughs> rifles. I know that all sounds bizarre, <laughs> but that's what it boils down to. So I've got this audio, but before I play this, there is this is up at X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. Former Virginia delegate Mark Levine finally gives us a clear and concise definition of an assault weapon. And before I could get to the audio, there is an admonition below that says, the following media includes potentially sensitive content. So I have to click. It's okay. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to take the <laughs> offending video without uh, vomiting in my shoes. Now, what's interesting about this is the guy doesn't have a rifle in his hand. There is no firearm with him. He's just holding his arm up and demonstrating th the difference between how... An assault weapon, quote-unquote, is held, and a regular rifle is held. So I don't know who would be triggered by it, but in any case, uh, we're going to play his explanation, and then maybe, because you can't see the video, give you a better idea of what he's suggesting. Let's go. And so what the bill does is it distinguishes basically the difference between guns that go like this. These are rifles. You use them to shoot an animal. And you can shoot very precisely with a rifle, an animal. These are the guns that hunters use. They go like this. And you look down the barrel, and you can shoot very precisely. You can have a scope. Those are the kinds of things that hunters like to use. All right, hold it, hold, like hold it, hold it, hold it. So what he's demonstrating is holding the rifle up against your shoulder and aiming by looking down, you know, through the scope or the, the barrel to hit your target. That, he says... Is just a regular rifle. Okay. But wait, there's more. Here we go. Mass shooters don't like things that go like this. Because what that means is someone can hit the rifle butt against their head. Deer don't do this. Elk don't do this. So the mass shooters use guns that go like this. All right? All right, he's, hold it. Now what he's demonstrating is that somebody is holding the rifle at their waist. Like they're spraying with a full auto or something. <laughs> I wish there was an Arnie clip right there from one of his many, many movies where he did that. So that's the difference. Sweet. It's an assault weapon if you hold it at your waist to fire, but it's a regular <laughs> rifle if you bring it up to your shoulder to fire. Don't argue about this. This is a great thing for us. Let's just go with this. Because then there won't be any assault rifles out there and everything will be perfect. <laughs> just so yeah if you buy an AR15 or an AK47 or anything of the of those ilks hold it up by your shoulder so it's not do you have to weapon. ask before you purchase the weapon uh, <laughs> i think the we person, have to demonstrate you know, right. like how are you planning to fire this weapon off <laughs> after we sell it to you oh all that meant my waist oh i'm sorry <laughs> we can't sell that gun to you oh and this is one of those pistol braces cuz you can't shoulder those you have to have those down by your waist i think can you still have a pistol brace? Where do we stand on that? Well, as long know? as you have your, uh, as long as you have your two hundred, or you have your tax stamp done, yeah. Good God! <laughs> I mean, it is so incredibly stupid. This guy actually is standing up in front of a crowd, <laughs> and 
thinking he's making sense or he thinks they think he's making sense. He's he is serious. He's serious as a heart attack. He thinks he's found the definition. The problem is, is these people are speaking of things that they just don't know anything about. And the more scary part is, is that the people listening to him believe him. I have. Yeah. Uh, how, how do I? How should I phrase this? My wife has an AR-15. There we go. <laughs> and when I shoot it, I hold it up against my shoulder. Well, yeah. You mean like a like a gun? Like a like a <laughs> like it's not an assault <laughs> weapon, I guess. <laughs> perfect. Oh my gosh! Either one of you guys shoot your uh, AR-15s oh. and AK-47s by holding it down by your waist. I understand you can't ask me a question like that, Gary. <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself. Uh, not since I was like uh, probably 12 years old, and someone said, "Hey, look, you can do this with your belt loop." Oh, uh, yeah, oh. remember those days? Yo, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's bump stock territory. That's pal. right. That's right. But uh, no, I, I can't think of. I, I shoot my uh, handgun from there a lot. Does that mean that that is now a a assault rifle? By his definition? It's an assault gun. Because you have to be able to break your holster at room combat distances, so three yards or less, be able to break your holster, tilt it down line, and be able to get some rounds off before you bring it up to a full ready position. So we, we, we train on that all the time. I didn't know I was... I was per, my, my, my Glock has become an assault rifle. It is so pathetically stupid. He actually reasoned this out in his mind and thought, ah, here's the difference. Awesome. He's figured it out. That's awesome. I've been to shooting ranges for years. I don't remember seeing anybody hold it at, <laughs> at their it's, waist. It's fantastic. There is a local firearms aficionado who I watched from, from the time I was a little kid up to present who can shoot skeet from the hip as well as I can shoot him shouldered. Uh, absolutely incredible act of, of ability. Uh, it's, it's, it's really incredible. This so is that is, an assault shotgun? It must be. It must be an assault <laughs> shotgun. I think in, in his hands, he can shoot it any way he wants to. He can shoot it upside down. It's really incredible to watch. <laughs> I can turn a big pen into an assault weapon. It's not what you have. It's how you use it. Show and tell is coming up on Gary on Gun.